Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. I want to welcome onto our show an author, uh, an inspirational teacher, spiritual teacher, uh, who's written a book. He handed it to me in person, and I love the title, so I had to have him on. The book is called End Your Story, Begin Your Life. Hello. Don't we all need that? So I want to welcome Jim Drever. Jim, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> so, and, and literally, when you gave me this book, I was like, I took, I took it home, I put it on my counter, and I kept walking by, looking, end your story, really? Because I got a story going on in my head. <laughs> and, and, it, and you gave it to me, of course, at exactly the right time. And so I sat down with myself, all right, Susan, what's your story? And you really want to end it because what I want is my life. Uh-huh. I want to live my life. So share with our listeners a little bit of um, your background. Well, um, I'm uh, from New Zealand originally. Yes, we can hear that. Yeah. And I and, love that. And I've been living in California for 40 years, though. So I came here to study chiropractic. Long story short, I um, came here to study chiropractic. I was married to a New Zealand woman, and we figured we'd graduate. Went to Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. This was in the mid-70s, and... Um, would graduate and go back to New Zealand. But my last year in chiropractic college, I had suffered this health crisis, and uh, which put me in such fear of dying, like waking up dead. Now, yeah. That was my fear. Yeah. I wouldn't get through the night. And so that started my, my spiritual quest. I began to meditate, slow down. I began reading the books of J. Krishnamurti, and that began a whole process. And so we ended up staying here, coming to California, Built a practice in Northern California, Sonoma County, Santa Rosa. Then moved to Sebastopol, and um, now I've moved moved to to Southern California five years ago. So you've studied Krishnamurti and you've studied some Zen stuff. But the 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 person that affected you the most, his name is Jean Klein. Exactly, Jean Klein. He was the guy who uh, kind of nurtured my awakening. He he. He was my guide. See, awakening is seeing that nothing between your ears is actually real. Okay. <laughs> now, I imagine there's some people out there going, okay, what does that mean? Right. So, and I totally get what you mean by it, but let's go, yeah. Yeah, so so we can launch into the teaching now. Yes. So this is the the, the title of my book, um, you know, End Your Story. We have a story. We, we're storytelling people. That's what makes us unique as human beings. We're storytelling people. But the great freedom and liberation is realize we're not our stories, which, like the emotional reactions they cause, come and go, but the ever-present present consciousness or awareness, which is always here. We are what is always, always here now. Mm-hmm. We are present here now as pure consciousness, pure awareness. You are that. I am that. Everybody is that. So, Jim, how do people uh, in it, the, okay, here's my question. How do people living an everyday life 
really open up and awaken because it sounds like you like intentionally said, all right, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to, how do people have a life and become awake in what you've discovered? Right. Well, it's a, um, there has to be a degree of intention there. You, you have yeah. to want to wake up. You have to want to get free. And usually most people, it's suffering that causes them to travel the path of awakening. They have to have some deep suffering in, in your life. A relationship breaking up, a, a parent dying, um, a financial crisis, mm -hmm. uh, a health crisis. That is what wakes a lot of people up. I remember listening to an interview with Stephen, Steve Ross, who was the late Steve Ross. He was the former CEO of Time Warner. Yes. And he, uh, this was an interview done on public radio many, many years ago. And he was, it was the end of his life. He'd been diagnosed with terminal prostate cancer. Mm. And he realized he'd never given a moment to self-reflection. It had all been all about making money and succeeding. And he said himself, I succeeded at the highest level, obviously. But I, my relationships were harmed because of the lack of attention. My family life suffered because I just wanted to make it. And now I've made it, and now I've got terminal cancer. And I would hope that at this last stage of my life, I can find myself, my true self, whatever that is. He, he wanted to give his life to self-reflection now. He just hoped it wasn't too late. Mm -hmm. So this is a case of a man who got the the wake-up call at the end of his life, and maybe it was too late. I like to think it wasn't. I like to think he found the sweetness and joy and compassion in his heart. Right. But who knows? Well, so when you say the wake-up call, there's a lot of us that get wake-up calls, but we don't pay attention. I mean, I, I mean, the bell is dinging a lot, you know, for years and years, and we're going, yeah, yeah, whatever that is, I don't know. I mean, people don't even hear it. Right. Until, and you're right, until it's almost a... So in my life, I've I've trained myself to begin to listen to those wake up those little bells that go off, so that I can catch myself before I have to go into any kind of drama. Yes. But I'm I'm literally coming out of one uh, event. You know, I'm going through divorce. So that has that talk about a wake up call, man. And I did not realize. Then I can track back and go, wow, there was a little dingy ding ding down that line and there was another one and and I didn't pay attention to those things and I'm sure and I know that this happens with people that are in jobs where you know I have a client who is uh being let go of her job that she's been in for 25 years and she was seeing it coming and she was she's been approaching it from a more aware and awake place so that when the final bye-bye occurred she wasn't traumatized by it. But there's lots of people that all of a sudden, you know, wait a minute, I just gave you all my life's blood and now you're telling me? Right, right. Well, there's a great piece of Cherokee wisdom. If you can hear the whispers, you don't, you don't have to listen to the screams. Ooh. If you can hear the whispers, you don't have to listen to the screams. So, chills, yeah. All right, so yeah. being on the path of awakening is really about being tuned into the whispers. And recognizing the whispers as they arise, and you can take action then. So, in ending your story, you you know you're saying become awake. But how do we how do we understand that we really are running a story? Because really, 
because, I mean, I did it driving down here. I was not looking at the territory. I was not looking at the trees. It's a beautiful day. And I got to my destination, went, whoa, I didn't, I wasn't even in the car. I was oh. in my head with the current story. Right. And what is the current story again? Well, the, uh, you know, today was about, I don't know, it was about my son. Right, right. When am I going to see him? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. So you have to um, be really interested in awakening, waking up and becoming free of your story and really becoming aware of what you really are and what are you. I mean, who, who and what are you? You've got to ask yourself that question deeply. You've got to realize, my God, I'm not my thoughts. I have thoughts. I have an ego, but I'm not my ego. I have an I thought, I have a me thought, but I'm not my I thought, my me thought, because they come and go. They shift and they change. We are always, always this awareness, this presence, this consciousness, which is always here. That's what has to be seen again and again and again until finally you realize, wow, I am that. That takes a lot of awareness. <laughs> it, right, exactly. <laughs> and intentionality. It and, takes be, really being paying attention. Yes, yeah, so right, easy. exactly, you do. It's so easy to fall asleep in this culture now with all the, with all the different gadgets and technology and all of that. It's just, how do you do it, Jim? Well, as I said, you have to um, want to wake up. There's a great Zen story about a young student who said to a master, Master, I want to be enlightened more than anything. What should I do? The master said, come down here to the river with me. Went down the river, and then suddenly the master grabbed the student's head and pushed him underwater. Oh, gosh. And uh, the student was underwater thinking to himself, Okay, this is a teaching of some kind. I'll get it. But then he started running out of air, and he began to fight and struggle, but the master wasn't letting him up. And um, finally, the master pulled him out, and he, he was gasping for air. Oh, my God. <laughs> master, why did you do that? The master said, when you want enlightenment as badly as you wanted air then, then you'll have it. Ah, uh, yeah. Now... Yeah. It's a good story, but it's only a story. And re realizing that it's only a story, it, it requires that urgency for people. But, but people wake up to the truth of their being without necessarily, in the st most strange of ways. I mean, it's nothing, there's no format for waking. But ultimately, when you come to awaken, you realize that you're not your story. You have a story, but you're not your story. Right. You're not any story. You're not any story. You're not even a spiritual story. I like that. I like that. You know, it, it's been interesting because I've been contemplating, since, you know, knowing I was going to have you on the show, I've been contemplating this idea of where is my where does my st story begin and end? And I began to watch my thoughts about my story, you know, or whatever it was, and I, I began to see that there was a little bit of a gap between my story and me. Right. And me wasn't necessarily me, me. It, does this make sense? Absolutely. It makes sense it's to me. me. <laughs> but, and, but that's when I went, oh, that's the place I want to I live in the gap. I want to yes, live the gap. in between the story that I wake up with and go to bed at night with or run in my car or whatever. Right. I want to live in the space in between that so that I can really begin to discern 
that th- this is encapsulated and I can now put it on the shelf right? or so, throw it away. Good. So hold on to that story, the story that I want to live in the gap. Okay. That's a good story to hold on to. Okay. It's, it's not the truth, but it's a good it's a it's story. A start. It's a start story which will lead you to the realization of your true nature because the more so you you're getting caught up in your story about your ex-husband or your husband soon to be ex-husband or your son or whatever and you suddenly realize wow I'm, I'm getting lost in a story then you come back to the being just being here and now being with the traffic with the roadside the, the nature the trees just being here now and suddenly you find yourself relaxing oh yeah and you're in the gap now you're experiencing you're one with the experience of the gap and realize, wow, this is what I really am, this pure awareness, pure consciousness. And eventually, you'll abide there all the time. Eventually, you realize you are that gap. You mm-hmm. are the gap. Mm-hmm. Your true nature is pure consciousness, pure awareness, manifesting in this beautiful body-mind form that is you. I want to read a quote from your book, James, yes. if I may. Yes. Because in it, you talk a lot about freedom. And, and so... Uh, You said, freedom comes as you see the story for what it is, a figment of your own creation. When you're not holding on to any idea or image of yourself, there's no buildup of emotional energy. I want to talk about that. Let me finish this quote. You are simply open to life in the present. The secret is in emphasizing awareness itself, having all your senses alert and not getting lost in thinking. Then your head will be clear and you will feel the deeper energy the deeper beauty and power of creation itself, and it will nourish you. Then your emotions will come into balance. They will arise spontaneously and authentically. Now, okay, that sounds really easy and good <laughs> when it's written down in a book. But the practice of this and and the and the and the dealing with the emotional energy buildup. I think that's important for us. Let's talk about that because I I know so many people that are, we were kind of talking about it a little bit before we came on air. So many people that are emotionally constipated in a way, they're stuck in their emotions right. and they think that that's the real thing, the worry, the fear, the anger, the yes. shame. So what you're saying is to be present with that emotional buildup? Yes. Yeah, so this is the basis of the freedom practice. Okay. The freedom practice is at the heart of my work. And I, so I'm going to talk about the freedom practice. Now, I promise you, if you do this freedom practice, every time you're suffering, every time you're feeling self-doubt, every time someone pushes your buttons, every time your energy's a little bit off, you do the freedom practice. Okay. And the three basic steps. The first step is to be present with your suffering. Aye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most, Ouch. Most people want to resist, reject, or deny their suffering, Hello. right? Or re- rationalize it. But you've got to learn to be face it. You've got to learn to be present with it. So that sounds to me like i got to be really brave. Yes. You've got to be courage. You've got to ex- exercise courage. But enlightenment is not for the faint-hearted. It's the supreme courage because you're facing your deepest and darkest self. You've got to face your demons. It's an old Irish saying, if you run away from a ghost, it'll chase you and haunt you for the rest of your life. 
But if you stop and turn and face it, it'll disappear because mm. ghosts aren't real. Mm. Yeah. And our, these ghosts we run away from are, are, is our anger, our uh, loneliness, our sense of abandonment, our shame, our guilt, our fear, anxiety. And we've got to turn and face this. And eventually you learn to welcome it because this is the essential step. Okay, that sounds kind of masochistic, Jim. Yes, I know. <laughs> welcoming your fear, welcoming, yeah, okay. Right. Because yeah. that's what I did the last year before I woke up. I woke up in 1995. Finally, I saw that I, I wasn't any story and I was free. And I've been free of suffering ever since. But remind me to talk about residues because we're, I'm okay. still a human being. We're still human beings and we still have an ego. Even though <coughs> enlightenment is seeing that you're not your ego, you still have an ego. So yes, and I like that about your book too. That you know, you're not one of those guys that says get rid of your ego. It's that there's. I don't think you can extricate your ego. I don't think you really want to. No, well, you, you can't because the, the, the ego is that kind of personal boundary setter. Every time you say I or me, it's your ego speaking. But is is it your conscious ego, your awakened ego, or is it the unawakened reactive ego? Mm -hmm. That's the important question. Mm -hmm. So anyway, for the last year before I woke up. I, I, John Klein, my teacher, always talked about the importance of welcoming your experience, being open to your experience and not resisting it. And so I had a mantra, and this is my mantra. Ah, I welcome this suffering. It's showing me I'm not yet free. Ah, hello. Okay, say it again. I welcome the suffering. Because it's showing me where I'm not yet free. Where I'm not yet free. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I said. I, 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 I wasn't just present, but I welcomed it because it's showing my, where I was not yet free. In fact, I learned to say, bring it on. I want to see where I suffer. I want to, because enlightenment is freedom from suffering. Okay, I really think that that's insane. That's insane. And I get it. I get it. I'm walking it. But it's, that's a hard thing. Bring it on. Yes. Well, bring it on. It's a, that's, Especially when you're suffering. That's for advanced uh, students. You, you gotta be. <laughs> but anyway, so um, I um, so be present with it. If you can't welcome it, just be present with you. You've got to face it. Right. And then the st second step is notice the story you're telling yourself because of it. Right, be, because there's always it. a story behind suffering. See, suffering. We've got to differentiate between pain and suffering. Yeah. Right. All right, let's do that. <laughs> pain is a fact of life, a part of the human experience. Emotional pain from the loss of something you deeply love, everyone's going to feel that pain. Just, but the more awake and free you are, the more you feel that uh, you may feel deep grief. Like my, my, my mother died in New Zealand uh, 12 years ago. Um, I was already awake, but I, I, I found myself often crying, thinking of my... My dear poor mother's let, left me, but what, it was a good grief. It was good tears, emotional honesty. Or we can feel the physical pain of an injury, illness. Right, we all know that. But suffering is the pain of the ego. Suffering is always has an ego. I don't like this, being alone. I don't like not having enough money to pay the rent. I don't like not having someone to love me. I don't right. like getting sick. I don't like the fact that I'm going to die in a year. And I've, I know, and I've, somebody I know has, has been given the years to live because he's got cancer. Mm. So you notice the story behind the suffering because there's always a story. Maybe an unconscious story, right? Uh, maybe you have to may dig deep for the story. 
sometimes it's obvious, like I'm depressed, I'm, I can't handle this, I, this shouldn't be happening. These are all the stories we tell ourselves. These are the stories behind our suffering. And then step three, you see the truth. And the truth is this, it's simple truth. The story comes and goes, comes and goes, just like the suffering comes and goes. But you, you as this clear being you are, you are always here. You are always here now. You exist here now. So breathe and relax and feel your existence here now. Just that takes you out of your head. It takes you into your heart. Your heart opens more. Mm -hmm. You've come back to here now, this moment here now. Okay. This moment here now feels pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 No story, right? Right. No story, no suffering. Well, you know, it's interesting when, uh, like we're having a conversation right now. What I notice sometimes is when people are having a conversation, you can feel really connected to them because both of you in that conversation are here now. And then there's other times where you can see that they just they just kind of mentally go away. Um, so that, so even so it sounds to me like to begin to practice the here now, we can start right where we are in in how we're dialoguing with our people we're in relationship with right being here now exactly and when i'm in a relationship with somebody and they're not here now i gently point them out to, out to them hey you went off somewhere there where, where were you and i do that with my clients a lot because pe- people go off they until they're awake and free they tend to go off in their mind this right. story right which becomes more of the um it's like watching the movie screen it's you know it's interesting because with all the devices that we have now, right? You know, and, and I have a, a young adult, and you, it took him a while to get that he did not need to be on the computer and the phone with the earbuds in, listening to the music all the time with the television on. Uh-huh. And he finally said to me a few weeks ago, he's like, he started picking up the phone when I call, and I'm like, wow, how come you're not like texting or? He goes, no, I just decided that it. I'd rather talk to somebody than text and and get confused or deal with the email. I was like, wow, that's yeah. like... Maybe, uh, maybe it's a general sign. Maybe people are waking, even young people are waking up. I, to, I hope so, uh, man, because it's interesting. You get, you can't go anywhere without seeing people on their phone. Right, exactly. Going to the store. And the phone is the main way people access everything now. Yep. Right. And it's the way that they feel connected and yet you're not yes it well you you know, you're not you're not you're not having a one-on-one with eye contact and really listening you're 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 dealing with the phone all right virtual reality yeah yeah i was out to dinner with a friend and we were talking and the table next to us there were these two guys i think clearly they were on a date and yet both of them were on their phones uh-huh for until the food got delivered that so that was a good 20 minutes they weren't they weren't exchanging any kind of conversation mm. and i was watching that going and then when the food came the phone was right by the plate so they could kind of check the phone you know and both of them were doing it and i mm. thought wow that's i don't know how you build a relationship on that yes yeah just having it right by my side so i want to read another quote from yes. your from your book um you say that let's because I want to talk about 
the non-attachment piece of finding this freedom. Yes. And you say non-attachment is the result of clearly seeing the true nature of reality. It frees us from worry and suffering. And so it goes back to what you're saying about being present to your suffering. Yes. But I got to tell you, Jim, in my experience, getting detached from my suffering or my story does not at times feel humanly possible. Right. Well, listen, let me just speak about that for a moment. So Jean Klein was a teacher at Advaita Vedanta, the non-dual approach to waking up. Now, most people who wake up in the West wake up through the non-dual approach. Mm-hmm. And non-duality is simply seeing that reality is right here, right now. It's always only ever right here, right now. There's no difference between the spiritual and material. A lot of people differentiate between the spiritual values and material values. The non-dual world sees not that at all. There's no difference. So, and where the avidya, the ignorance, in the Sanskrit word avidya means ignorance. It's Mm -hmm. ignorance of your true nature. Where it starts is in our ideas about who we think we are. Mm -hmm. So the non-dual approach teaches as you see more and more clearly that you are not your story, you're not any story, you're not even the I thought, the me thought. The I thought, the me thought comes and goes too. We have an I thought, we have a me thought, we have an ego. But we're not any of them because they come and they go. And we're not anything that comes and goes. We are what is always, always here now. Mm-hmm. So we breathe and relax into being here now. So give me an, give, give me an example of the I thought or the me thought. Well, I... I that we believe, like, you know, gosh, how am I going to pay the rent at the end of the month? Mm-hmm. It's a common I thought that mm-hmm. eyes have, right? Right, right. Most people have. And because they, the I thought believes in this, they, the, they believe in the person they think they are, the I thought. We, we, we haven't seen our, when you, you have a thought like, how am I going to pay the rent next month? Who is this I who's going to pay? Who is worrying about paying the rent? Can you find it for me? Me. It's me. <laughs> okay. And who are you? But uh, I'm the person that's got to pay the rent. I literally, I have clients like that. They go, but I don't understand what you're saying, and uh, and and they'll go back and forth. But how? What's this? How, the reality is, my rent has to get paid. Right. That's the reality for right and uh, for it, all of us, really. But right. The right. reality is it has to get paid. Right, but it ha- doesn't have to get paid until uh, yes, a certain time, right? Maybe a, a week from now, a day right. from now. Right, And so w- the more awake and free you are, the more you live in the present moment. Always. You honor the past. You keep an eye on the future, including the rent payment becoming due. And uh, But you always live here, rooted here now in the present moment. Okay, I see what you're saying. So that it's so that we don't worry or stress or get fearful about what's going to be happening in the future. Because we've already woken up to the fact that we're not this I, this me that we think we are. We have an I thought. We have a me thought. And that's we we have an ego. And that's our personal boundary setter. And we we need to set boundaries. We need, you know, I've got differentiate between my car and your car, for example. And um but the more awake and free we are the more we live here now in the present, we don't get lost in any story. Stories create the emotional reactions. Mm-hmm. A story about guilt creates the feeling of guilt. Right. 
And sort of that anger creates the feeling of anger, of shame creates the feeling of shame. When you free yourself from the story, this is the whole thing about the non-dual approach that my book is based on, End Your Story, Begin Your Life. When you see that you're not the thought of story, the thinking drops away. About 80% of the content of your mind drops away because mm. 80% of the content of people's minds are caught up in the me, myself, and I, me, myself, my story, me, myself, my problems. Right. When you see that you're, you're not that story, you're never any story because the story comes and goes. You know, the stories change over the years depending on your circumstances. It's a great relief. It's a great unburdening. And then your mind becomes very clear and very quiet. It becomes very empty. You're just present as this powerful, creative, loving, beautiful being you are. And everybody is that. And everybody's a powerful, loving, creative being. The more that you wake up to your true nature, the more you realize that. Right. And then you can use thought and story and intention as a functional tool, a creative tool. Okay. So, Jim, I want to take a, a, a short break, and then we'll be back talking more about ending your story and beginning your life, because I want to, I want to go into some more of that. So I'm talking to Jim Drever. You're listening to Living Your Inspired Life, and we will be right back. Hi, this is Susan Burrell from Living Your Inspired Life. I always find it easier and more fun to expand my life by being connected to open-hearted, like-minded people committed to being on the same path I am. If you feel the same way, I suggest you visit a Center for Spiritual Living. There are wonderful communities in Ventura, Ojai, Santa Barbara, Oxnard, Pleasant Valley, Camarillo, and Westlake Village. You'll find terrific people, great information, and more tools to help you live the life you were born to live. So go to csl.org to find a center near you. That's csl.org for a center near you. Welcome back to Living Your Inspired Life. And if you've missed anything, go to livingyourinspiredlife.org and check out what we've done. Tune in, tune up, develop your power perspective. And I also invite you to go to the donations page because we want to stay on the air doing positive talk radio and we do need some financial support. So check it out. If you want to give a one-time donation, an ongoing monthly gift, we would graciously and excitedly accept it and say yes. So that's livingyourinspiredlife.org. So I'm talking to author and spiritual teacher, Jim Drever, uh, about his book called End Your Story and Begin Your Life. So, Jim, right before break, we were talking about the dynamic of um, an in, of it, people that have this I story going on of I have to pay my rent. Yes. And and that the suffering comes from the worry about how am I going to pay the rent. Right, exactly. Or the story around I don't have enough to pay my rent. Right. So I want, I want like a... a, a a definite kernel for people because I think there's a lot of us out there that have that going on on a monthly basis or a weekly basis even how besides being present with it and and then breathing into the present moment how else can we begin to change our story or even notice it when we when you're not in that practice man I gotta tell you it's impossible right right so I cannot over-emphasize enough of the, the importance of the freedom practice. 
whenever you're suffering, whenever you're in conflict, whenever you're upset, doing the practice, ah, I, I'm upset now, I'm really caught up in the story, okay, I'll breathe, be present with it. Notice the story I'm telling myself. I'm telling myself that story again. I'm, you can say to yourself, I'm telling myself that story again. Mm -hmm. And then notice how the truth, how the story comes and goes, just like the suffering comes and goes. Mm -hmm. But you are this beautiful person who is always here, so you breathe and relax and be the what you are, this person who exists here now. Now, there's something else that can help. Exploring your early childhood traumas. Like, because this all came, started, we started this developing our story about age two. Mm -hmm. We began believing in that we were this I, this me that we think we are. And this, you know, the psychologists called it the terrible twos. And um, anyone that's a parent, being a parent, understands that. And so exploring a, our past traumas, maybe with some guidance with a counselor or a, a guide, a coach, and this is the kind of work I do in my private sessions. Probably you do it in your private sessions, mm -hmm. too. And um, I take people back to their early childhood and see where their, their fears arose from, where, where the story first started. Right. I'm not safe in the world. I don't feel safe. I, I was abused as a, a child. I was abandoned as a child. That stuff, run, those traumas run us for the rest of our lives until we wake up and see them. But once we see them, uh, we're free of them. Yes, I have a saying, seeing is freeing. Once you see the truth about something, you've seen it. Yeah. And um, so this is the practice, the freedom practice and the practice of looking, going into your past with a, some guidance and just being supremely present, just coming back to presence every time you feel caught up in a story, you notice yourself caught up in a story Coming back, oh, I'm quoting it, caught up in a story then, like your experience of driving along the freeway here, you realize you're caught up in your story. Yeah. That realization will bring you back to the present. Right. Krishnamurti always said the awareness of inattention brings us back to attention. Awareness of inner tension. Inattention. Inattention. Oh, inattention. Like, well, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're not being aware, brings us back to being aware. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, there was, I'm going to read another quote from yes. your book, Jim, and uh, because it talks about this. What becomes clear on this pathway of awakening is the more you hold on to the need to have things be a certain way, the more you insist this isn't right or that should not be allowed, the more emotional charge you are storing up. Now, yes, uh-huh, that, that is what most people do yes is i want i know i'm right i know i'm right they're wrong or you know whatever it is or i should be able to or you should do and that is also our story right 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 that we want to hang on to yes that we think defines us or right. them or the everything right <clears throat> and again that is a hard thing to recognize, A, and let go of, B. Yes. Well, in the recognition is letting go. The more we see that, my God, I'm caught up in a story, the more we don't even have to let go of it. It falls away because it's not real. What we're, 
imagine we're holding on to right. is not real. Okay, but what about those of us, hello, I'm raising my hand, those of us who don't, I can let go of a lot of things, but I am not going to let go of that. All right. I'm, I, I am not, and you can't make me, and all the other people that are going to tell me, they can't make me. Okay, so give me an example. Give me a practical example oh, from your experience or experience of a client. Somebody there, there's uh, okay. So uh, I deal with a lot of uh, people that are parents, right? And they have expectations of their right. children. I have, I have expectations of my son too, and I I have too. And and I just was dealing with this one client this week, and his expectation was that his son should get a job, right? And that job should look like a nine to five Monday through Friday, you know, or a, not a not a a, a a random job here and a little part time gig there with, you know, uh, several days off in between. It should look like that so he can earn a living to pay his rent, his own rent. Right. And boy, to get this father to let go of that expectation and see that his son was OK doing it the way he's doing it and he's figuring it out. It was it was near impossible. Right, right. <clears throat> well, you have to see a person has to want to let go. They have to want to free themselves. So if they're not, if they're holding on tightly to an expectation, they're going to be disappointed, or they're going to be satisfied if that ex- expectation is met. But, but then, when the person decides to quit their job or quit school or whatever, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be disappointed. So long as our happiness depends on anything outside ourselves, right. it's always conditional. Right. When things are going our way, we feel great. Got making money, got a pretty girlfriend or boyfriend, and, and but then we, we lose those, uh, we fall apart. Well, so, so here's the thing about like going back to expectations, because we all as human beings have expectations. My life is going to turn out this way. My kid's life should turn out this way. If they behave this way, you know, it's, it, and again, I get those are all stories that we've made up that aren't really based in any reality. They're based in our fantasy of what we want right. to have happen. <clears throat> but the, uh, I'm, I'm trying to swim back to the, the client who has the expectation that his son should have a steady job. There's, this is a place where a lot of people, because that's been their experience. Well, I've had a steady job and that's paid my bills. So therefore, right. everybody should have that job. Or, or you know what I mean? Sure. Should have a steady gig. Um, there's also, it's really hard, I think, for people to uh, kind of pull all that apart and see where the kernel of truth is. What is the truth underneath all that? Right. Well, people have to want to wake up. They have to be interested in awakening and transformation and freedom. If, they, if they're not interested in that, uh, you really you can't work with them. Uh-huh. So that's a, like a person is a right-wing Christian, for example, or a fundamentalist Jew, or a fundamentalist uh, Muslim. Uh, they're going to change their ways. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so uh, you just have to Get along as best you can with those people. Okay, so 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 what I'm hearing you also say then is that there are certain. Um, uh, let me see if I can grasp it. I, I I not that I don't agree with you, Jim, but <clears throat> there are certain um, stagnant belief systems. Yes, exactly. That's a good way of describing it. That keep people stuck, right. and and 
And I would even go as far as to say is that the story that people run when they're stuck is exactly the thing that they need to face, right? right. This is what you're saying yes, in your exactly. book. Right. In order to end your story and begin your life, you've got to face those things instead of <clears throat> saying, well, we all agree. Everybody else agrees, so I must agree with them. Right, right. Or I must be in alignment with whatever they right. think. Right, right. And, and and that goes back to this client, uh, the father who wants his son to have a, a regular gig. Right. It's it's how he was brought up. It's the ex- expectation his father had of him. So he, he feels he's in his perfect right to have the expectation of his son. Right, right. And there's a lot of other um, things that happen in our world now that have changed so dramatically that the old way of, of doing things we see doesn't work. Yes. And so approaching uh, like this young uh, son from a different POV instead of this is the way it always was. So therefore it always has to be that way for you. And being, and like you're saying, being present with the kid for long enough periods of time to not judge or project what he should do. So you, the kid can find out you were sharing this before. So the kid can have space. Right, a space. So it's it comes back to something we were talking about at the beginning. It's, it comes back to real human connection. Uh-huh. Openness. You have to be open enough to the unknown to really connect with your son or daughter. Or spouse. Or spouse. Connect with it. No story, no image, no expectation, no judgment. Pure openness. True openness, just pure being, connecting in a pure being, being to le- being to being level. I um, had an ex- experience recently with my fiance Tanya, who we were arguing over something and stupid, and uh, and we we're sitting down, and then suddenly the fridge turned off and everything became silent. Mm. And this is immense, and we we both became aware of the silence simultaneously. We stopped talking and just became one with the vast silence of a true nature. It was tremendously healing, tremendously unifying. Mm -hmm. And really, that is what is there to be discovered, that we, Jean Klein, there's a bench in Henry's Beach in Santa Barbara, now called Royal Borough, dedicated to Jean Klein, because he lived the last years of his life in Santa Barbara. And uh, it's about 25 yards south of the restaurant there. And the bench faces the ocean on the bench there's a plaque dedicated to him that says, everything appears and disappears in silence. Ooh, I like that. Jean Klein, sage, author, teacher. Everything appears and disappears in silence. And what we discover as we get free of our story and become more present in, in this pure beingness that we are, we are, we discover that our true nature is silence. Mm. Pure awareness is silence. Mm. But it's a silence that's not a separate thing. It's just like the science of being, the universe, this vast ocean of science that we are. Everything comes out of that and dissolves back into it. All conversations, all communications, human beings, animals, plants, everything appears and disappears in this vast silence. And so when we're comfortable with silence, that's when we really realize we're becoming free. We're becoming free. Oh, I like that. And I like your analogy about the ocean, using the ocean 
as a, an explanation for consciousness, that it, everything ebbs and flows all the time. Exactly. And there's something very deep in that uh, right. ocean, you know, yeah. a, a, that ocean of consciousness, if you will. I, I write about it in my book, actually. I call it the well of our being. As we dive deeper and deeper into the well of our being, mm -hmm. we discover the true source of well-being. Oh, I like that, yes. And I, I, I actually agree with you. That's been my personal experience. Yes. It's so facing, facing the things we're afraid of or uh, ashamed of or angry about, it does bring you into a, a, a deep, a, that deep well of beingness. Of beingness. And if you can be present with it, you begin to feel better. Right. And then we, we become a truly a human being. Mm -hmm. And the, as, as a human being, being here now, then we look at life, look at our life and responsibilities and obligations, and we decide what we're going to do. So doing flows out of being. Mm. Uh, Not the other way around. Right, exactly. For the unawakened person the, uh, who is completely caught up in their story, they're always doing, doing, doing in the hopes that they'll have what they want to have and so they can be happy finally. It's going to be a peace of finally. And if they are successful, they have what they have and they are at peace until things change. Right. Until something changes. They, they get an illness which is devastating or... Someone leaves them, you know. Their lover leaves them, or they're um, they're fine. I remember during the crash of two thousand eight, the financial crash. I was speaking with a, a an accountant who lived, worked in the valley, and she told me a, a story about the dozens of men in their sixties and seventies who were previously very wealthy, very affluent, who came in crying because they had this huge tax bill on investments that, that were now worthless. Their, their life had changed overnight, oh, virtually. Oh, my goodness. Their, their wealth had gone, disappeared. And these men were like, you know, golf club Republicans or maybe Democrats. It doesn't really matter. But their well-being came from what they had. But on this, so in Lao Tzu, who wrote the Tao Te Ching, he said that the way to do is to be. Mm -hmm. The way to do is to be. And so as we learn to be more, be more established in presence and our true nature, here and now, then we look around and we see what we need to do, and then we have the results of our doing, the fruits of our actions. And they're great, you know, success, health, more health, whatever. But because we're already established in beingness, mm. if our things change in our circumstances, which they can always change, right? Circumstances can always change, and they always do change. Yeah, that's part of life. That's part of life. I right. think that's the contract that we agreed to before we were born. Yeah, I get it. Everything changes. I'll sign on the dotted line. Oh, exactly. And then we get here going, oh, my goodness, no. I don't want things to change. Oh, oh. my God, spare me, yeah. spare me. But but anyway, um, because we're already established in beingness, we, we can flow with the changes more easily. The more you know yourself as the changeless, which is what enlightenment is, the easier it is to flow with the changes. Boy, that's, a, that's like a... Uh, that's like a lifelong quest, isn't it? Yes. To say, okay, I am, I am in, at one with the changeless. Yeah, because you are the changeless. Oy, it's oy. our true nature. So that's what my work is about. That's what End Your Story, Begin Your Life is all about. It's about realizing yourself as the changeless. And amidst the ever-changing thoughts, feelings, sensations, events, circumstances, people, the comings and goings of everything in your life. Sounds like the ocean again. Yes. 
you know, it's interesting. I just, as part of this um, facing your reality thing, uh, I had a conversation with a, a friend whose daughter just got married, her eldest daughter. And the second daughter is out of the house and the young son is almost moving out of the house. And she is really being faced with living alone or living without all the kids and all the busyness. And I said, so what are you going to do? And she said, I, I don't know. I don't know. She goes, I guess I'll, I'll just start cleaning out closets. I said, that would be a good thing. But, uh, you know, this is like a major transition. It's not just one child. It's all three. And so maybe you just need to do nothing. And she started tearing up, mm. which I knew then I was on the right track. I said, how about just don't, don't worry about cleaning out the closet this week or even next week. Well, but I need to do something. I know I'll work on this committee that I'll work on the paperwork for this committee. I was like, no, no, listen to me. Just be with the experience that your kids are grown right, and right. that they're not, they're not, they don't live with you anymore. And again, she started tearing up and she, I mean, the wiggling, she would, you know, well then I, I'll, I'll, um, oh, I know I'll paint my bedroom. No, no, no. Just sit on the couch. Can you just sit on the couch? And face yourself? I really, and just, you know. How face, about, face this new situation? Yeah, and be present with it. Have your feelings. Have a couple good cries. It was really hard for her, yes. you know, to, to go, okay, I'm going to, I am, I'm going to face myself. You know, man. And we all have those moments in time right. in our lives. We do. Where we turn around and we're like, wait, what just happened? And how come I didn't realize it? Right, right. So, Jim, you have uh, a workshop that you're going to start next week called Embody Your Awakening, right? Right. It's a teleclass, uh, an online webinar. Uh-huh. And you can find out about it by going to my website, which is www.jimdriva.com. And it's all there on checking out the schedule uh -huh. on the left of the menu bar. So it's two, it's two days a week. No, two, for, two days a month. I mean, two days a month for July, August, and September. And uh, yeah, you can do any of them? You can attend one event, three events. For, all of them? All of them, whatever you like. It's $15 per event. Mm -hmm. They last 90 minutes each. And um, it's the first and third Tuesday of the month. Oh, okay. Some 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time to 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. Okay, awesome. And it's Embody Your Awakening. Awakening right. We're just... Is this a play? Is this a workshop that pe that beginners can use? Absolutely. Anybody oh, good. Use. I don't have to be fully awake no, to do it. No, exactly. Well, if you're fully awake, you then well, I've already embodied. <laughs> well, maybe you. There's always work. We're always embodying our waking right. more and more. I mean, I've I'm still learning lessons around embodiment. Oh, I'm glad to hear yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still a, a beginner at embodiment. I, I, a beginner of love. I mean, I uh, I'm always being. Uh, challenge to open my heart further to people, to smile more, to be more myself. Yeah. You know, I was raised in a way of New Zealand with a, the eldest of three boys. My mother was, I don't remember being uh, cuddled by her. She wasn't a snuggly person. You know, she was, she had issues with my father. They had a difficult marriage. And, and so I kind of was raised kind of standoffish and somewhat serious. And uh, so I've had, I've, I've had to learn to loosen up, and I'm still learning that. I'm still learning to loosen up. Oh, my God. Okay, so... So I'm not perfect. There's no perfection in awakening. Okay, I'm glad that I'm glad to hear you say that, because when you said you woke up in 1995, I thought, well, I guess it's done then. I mean, yeah, well, it's, it's, kinda... 
I've, I saw that I wasn't any story. So I was free of sufferings. I haven't basically suffered since 1995. But, and that's a blessed freedom. I tell you, I, I've had three strokes 10 years ago. Holy moly. Over five months, and uh, I was quite a devastated process. Um, and I was in the ICU for like four days in UCSF Hospital in San Francisco. And um, it took me about a year and a half, two years to recover. I couldn't, I had to have 36 sessions of speech therapy, and my hand still somewhat disabled. But I wasn't afraid ever because I was free. I'm free. But most people would we'd be terrified of having a stroke because they uh, didn't know, they don't know who they are. And if they haven't found out who they are, they're not free. And, um, but we still have residues. Like I still have an ego. And my ego has residues of old patterns of behavior like standoffishness. And, and so that stuff crops up. It crops up. It pops up from time to time. Residues, the longer we spend on this earth being awake and free, the less it happens, but it still happens. It still happens very much. I'm, I'm very human and very, very human. So, and I appreciate you saying that the residue occurs because I think a lot of people, uh, when they begin some sort of a consciousness awakening process, they think that then they'll be blissed out the rest of their life. And and that's not, and that ain't necessarily so. That ain't necessarily so. Yeah, because the resi- residual, or I call them weeds, show up. Yeah. And you have to go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the kind of thing I don't want. In my right, life. exactly. Yeah, I, that's right. I remember. Yeah. I, okay, now I and I know what to do about it now. Right, exactly, exactly. You know what to do about and it, and so it becomes easier. Right, it becomes easier. You flow with with the life and with uh, whatever's happening more easily. Yeah, you're in I, harmony with it. Oh, I want to be in harmony. Yeah, I like that. You you flow with it. You flow with the um, the ups and downs of life much more easily. Awesome. Because you're always just present here now. This is the key. You're always here now. Yeah, now. This is, you, the past is gone. The future is imagination. You, and you honor the future by like, you, thinking when you need to think, but otherwise you're just here now. You're always just here now, enjoying the flow and the fullness of and the beauty that is always here now. Jim Drever, I have so enjoyed having this conversation with you. Thank you so much. And it's jimdrever.com where people can find out more about your uh, webinar, Embody Your Awakening, and also how to get your books. And uh, Right, and how, how to contact me if you want to do a private session. And it's J-I-M-D-R-E-A-V-E-R, Drever. Oh, I'm glad you spelled that. Thank you. The book is called End Your Story, Begin Your Life. I say yes to that now, and I'm going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time. <laughs>